Cartels are exploiting Indian reservations to get into America, and our federal government can't be bothered to stop it. Hey, y'all, it's Sarah Carter from The Sarah Carter Show. I just got back from two trips to our southern border, and I want to take you inside a huge hotspot where thousands of migrants are coming into America every day. I was with a member of the National Border Patrol Council when the Border Patrol nabbed multiple illegal migrants who were breaking U.S. law, and I have the exclusive audio. For all this and more, subscribe to The Sarah Carter Show on your favorite podcast app. I think I can help a lot of people's mental health. I, I, know, <laughs> I know this helps mine when I remind myself of this. It is so, so important that we stop trying to make what the party is doing compassionate logical, caring, or designed to help. It is vital that we begin to understand fully and completely what's going on. And I wanted to use a couple of cases in particular. One you will have heard of. It's this horrible situation in Los Angeles where a guy did two murders And then himself was shot and killed by cops because he had to be, frankly, put down. He's the guy who ran over a mother while she was walking her baby in a stroller. His criminal history screamed for him to be locked up. He wasn't. The other is something you've not heard of. It's a program underway in the separate country of Washington State. Hence... It's a program that will be exported to wherever you live if the party gets their way. And what it shows is everything I've been talking about with them and how they view cities. Remember, they're Maoist villages. From the Maoist villages, once they fully capture them, and Seattle is 100% captured. Los Angeles is 100% captured. They cannot come back. They're going to have to bounce before they ever come back. So it's not just the ideology that they want to export. It's the problems. If you view these cities as a cancer and you view the party as the people who have propagated and started the cancers on purpose, it's really going to help our mental health. Really. I know it's a grim picture, but really it will. I'll tell you why I feel that way, and we'll go through a lot of the news related to this. We want to thank the people at roughgreens.com slash Todd for making stuff like this possible. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile. Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And this is something we need to play time to time from directions of our lawyers. Independent fact checkers have determined that this program may expose listeners to extremist views and ideas. If you feel you may have been radicalized by this program, free resources are available including the Bible, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution and Bill of Rights and a junior high science book to remind you boys have penises and girls have vaginas. Thank you, thank you, thank you Mr. Lawyers for keeping us straight, keeping us out of prison. 
In the separate country of Washington State, and, and there's a link to this in the show notes and a very good video that my friend Glenn Morgan put together, and we may be, get Glenn on about this. Um, the dictator of the separate country of Washington and his partner, uh, that is Bob Ferguson, who is a paper bully, a paper thug, and uses his position as attorney general to thug people. Um, they are moving the most violent sex offenders in the separate country of Washington from an incredibly secure location. And this is a location called McNeil Island. McNeil Island, <laughs> good luck, good luck sneaking off McNeil Island. It's small, it's remote. And you're going to have a heck of a swim if you try to escape. It's going to be very difficult for you to land there and break someone out. It's, it's secure. And it has been purposely that for the home of people who are so, so either possessed or oppressed by the enemy uh, or mentally ill that they are so likely to reoffend uh, and to harm people as sex offenders that they've been kept on this island. And incidentally, I don't know that, that people truly understand why this crime must be taken so seriously. And let me try to explain it. When a child is sexually assaulted, it freezes them at that age at which it happens. It freezes their growth. It splits, often splits, their personality. It interrupts their, their cognitive advancement, their social advancement. And in this era, it can cause them to fall victim to being sex trafficked. Uh, and because those barriers have been destroyed, uh, those, those guardrails are gone and often fall victim to the gender cult, which plays into the hands, of course, of Inslee and, and Ferguson and Newsom. So this crime, there's a reason that we have kept these people locked up. Some of it is revenge. That's, that's for sure. And, and revenge is something that the Lord gets to handle. Part of it is fear, which is, which is a good, good, solid this is all the reason to fear these people. Although God reminds us to not be afraid. So Inslee and Ferguson have begun the process of releasing these people and shipping them into neighborhoods. And I mean neighborhoods like yours. And the way they're doing this shows how much they know, how, how, how wrong they know this to be. And it's only because of the work of people like Glenn Morgan that we're finding out about this because Inslee and Ferguson hate the public. They hate any journalist or investigator who is not on script with them. They punish them. This is a state that once again is attempting to make anyone who spends even $1,000 on a blog 
you know, just hosting a blog at a decent location could cost you a thousand bucks. They're trying to force people like that to register as lobbyists. But meanwhile, of course, the unions, they're not lobbyists. So let me tell you how they're hiding these people in neighborhoods and what the intent behind this is. It's exporting. Seattle is fallen utterly and completely until it, and I don't want this to happen. And I don't want to say until it burns because I don't want that to happen because that's where I raised my daughter for most of her life. I still love the city, but it's going to have to bounce. It's going to have to hit bottom, bounce a couple times before it can ever come back. And it's it's not just Seattle. It's not just Los Angeles. It flows all the way into D.C. When people set out um, and they've got 150 pounds of fat to lose, and I do want to talk to people who have gotten into that position. Number one, and you'll always hear me say this, this has nothing to do with who you are as a person. Absolutely nothing. God loves you. You're lovable. You're important. I'm sure that you have a, a mission in life. But... When there's that much fat on your body, it is easy to get into a, who cares? It is easy to get into a, I'm lost. I cannot do this. And it's really easy sometimes after you have started and failed and started and failed and started and failed. And you will tell yourself lies. And the lies will be, one day I'll do this. The lies will be, well, in reality, I eat pretty healthy. And the lies will be, it can't be approached in, in, in anything other than a, a whole lifetime. Let me piece that all apart. 2.5 pounds per week for women, 5 pounds per week for men. That is what you could expect out of the soda weight loss program. Now, look, your results are going to vary. They just are. You're a unique human being with unique needs and unique approaches. Some people will lose fat more quickly. Others will stay at that. Some people a little bit more slowly. But the point is you begin to chip away at this and something happens. You're going to reach a point where you have momentum. The Soda Weight Loss Protocol helps move your body into a fat-burning zone so that, that, that cancer, that cancerous thought, I can't, you start to kill it. The 20 pounds comes off and then it's 30 and all of a sudden it's downhill. They'll take care of the food. They'll take care of the plans. They'll take care of the accountability. They'll take care of a lot of the compassion because most of them have lost fat using soda. They are actual patient-centered providers of health. In fact, they're healthcare providers by background. SodaWeightLoss.com, it stands for State of the Arts. You can simply look at their business performance from one location to nationwide. Go look at the reviews, over 7,000 Google reviews. Average 4.8 out of 5 stars. It's SodaWeightLoss.com. S-O-T-A WeightLoss.com. So the way that they're doing this is they have partnered with... So, so the state's not doing this. This is what they would tell you. Oh, no. Oh, oh, wait a minute now. No, no. Washington State. No, no, no. We're not doing this. And the way they do it is they give taxpayer money to mobbed up groups. 
they give them to these groups run by people who used to work in government. And they do that so they can hide from public document requests and and Freedom of Information Act requests. Oh, they're private companies. You can't demand that of private companies. And the so-called legislature in 2021, and incidentally, there was no legislative session in 2021. In the separate country of Washington, there was no legislative session because less, only some legislators got to, uh, got, got to have floor votes. No, truly, I'm telling you the truth. Some legislators did not get to have floor objections. They were on mute. But they changed this Senate Bill 1, or 5163 and basically unleashed this program. So they're shipping these sex offenders into residential neighborhoods. And they're putting them right next door to families and schools and places where kids congregate. And it wouldn't surprise you to know that some of the people who run this uh, like to go hang out with men who think they're women and go do sexual dances. And they consider that all very, very fun. Meanwhile, citizens, how now that they've found out about this, are all over the state to stop it in towns like Tonino, Washington. What are they doing? They're exporting the problems. See, part of this, people would say, is, well, we can't just have this all localized in the cities, except it's the cities that let people like this go. It's cities like Seattle who take a person arrested for, uh, for a raping a woman on a bus. This is a true story. I know the cop to whom this happened. Cop gets called a guy. I think it was attempted rape. Yeah, it was attempted rape. Cop gets called and there was a guy who was on a, uh, a, a King County bus and he, he pulled this woman into the back of the bus and was beating her and tried to take her clothes off and was attempting to rape her. And she was screaming and screaming. And it's just this very serious assault. And, and the bus driver stopped the bus, called the cops. And, and this bus driver put his life at risk trying to stop this guy. And some other citizens got involved and, and they, they held this guy until the cops came. So attempted rape on camera with witnesses, and this guy has a huge record. So they pop him, and they take him to jail. They book him. Here are the charges. Here's the witnesses. Here's the evidence we have. Rock-solid case. That cop leaves the detention center, you know, signs out, does his paperwork, gets his firearm back, gets, gets, gets out and decides, you know, it's told where he's going to go next. He's driving down Pacific Highway South, which only only government calls International Boulevard, Pacific Highway South, and he rolls up on the guy. No, the perp is at another bus stop and got there before the cop. So when they release people like this into the neighborhoods, what they're trying to do is move the problems into the residential neighborhoods. Why? Because the goal is to destroy society. The goal is to crumble the cities. The goal is to make you feel unsafe. 
The goal is, well, manyfold. One of them is to have good conservatives leave so that they can completely own these separate states, and it's working. The other goal is to wreck the cities to such a degree that people will do anything to feel safe, anything to return to normal, including reelect people who are causing the problem. That's why they pitch these insane, illogical, non-solutions like magazine bans. You know, this, this latest shooting in the separate country of California. The, and by the way, for some reason, it seems to be elderly Asian guys doing this these days. The weapon that guy used, it's been illegal in, in the separate country of California for a long time. But Gavin Newsom sprints out and says, oh, we need, we need more bands. We need more bands. We'll get to this later in the show. But believe it or not, CBS News or Nora O'Donnell sort of called, kind of called Newsom out on that. So for our mental health, these are not mistakes. This is purposeful. Accept it. They're attempting to tear down the place you live. It is hard to hear. It seems ridiculous. And yet, they're cultural revolutionaries. They want complete control. It was Joseph Stalin's people and defenders like writers at the New York Times, who won a, what did he win, a Pulitzer for this? Who said, you know what? In order to make an omelet, you got to break a few eggs. Well, they're breaking eggs. The mental health part of this, we're struggling, a lot of us, with this angst, this, this, we've got to convince Inslee and Ferguson and the people who run Joe Biden and Gavin Newsom, we've got to get, we've got to explain to them, and we've got to explain to the supporters, and and we need to have bipartisanship. And and no, what we need to understand is a lot of these people are doing it on purpose. Yes, it would be great to get them out of office. Yes, we must build guardrails. Yes, if you live in even a, even a partly red state, you have to build barriers. Number one, no harm reduction. Number two, no needle exchanges. Number three, do anything you can to stop any, any form of federal housing. Oh, affordable housing for people? Sure, do it at the state level and require that people who are going into that housing and they're hooked on drugs require treatment. No treatment, no stay. Nope, we're not going to stop arresting you. Nope, we're not going to stop making you go cold turkey. Every time you go to jail, we're going to make you go cold turkey until it's so uncomfortable that you will agree to go into treatment. Accept no, no dollars for any of the choo-choo trains. Wait, did I just go from sex offenders to choo-choo trains? Yes, Because the federally funded choo-choo trains are arteries for this garbage to be brought into your community because they use that to build federal housing, to bring people in with federal rules that are designed to spread the cancer of the cities. That's what it's designed to do. It's like leukemia in the bloodstream. That's what it's designed to do. If you live, for instance, and this is my, you know, look, I live in Idaho, so I'll just say this. The people in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, you better get this through your skulls. My dear brothers and sisters whom I love. The attempt to bring a transit, a regional transit district here that would be a a mutt combination 
of Spokane and Coeur d'Alene with a regional governance. This is an effort to bring the problems of Spokane into downtown Coeur d'Alene. And to the developers who think you're going to make mint on this, go look at Amazon leaving. Go, they're leaving downtown Seattle. Go look at Nike leaving. Amazon's taking seven or 8,000 people out. Nike built a special store there and they're leaving. From the downtown core, look at the rental markets there collapsing. Look at the cost of condos collapsing. Look at your morality. Look at what you'd be doing to the state that, that, that helped you make the money you have. Look at the evil. Look at rapists being and, and child molesters being shipped into neighborhoods. How dare you trade that for a choo-choo train and payoffs from the feds, which is fake money anyway. It's absolute funny money. So that's what they're doing. And if we can settle our minds on this, we can stop churn. See, one of the challenges that people get into with mental health is they'll just have this churn because it will just continue to, to ruminate in our minds. Why are they doing this? Why can't they see it? Why can't they get it figured out? How can we explain it to them? They'll just, our minds will just churn and churn and churn on that. And that's not helpful for us. So instead, let us understand the reality of the situation. That's what it is. There's another reality, and that is uh, what's going on in Washington, D.C. And in California, we'll get to that. There's an amazing, amazing picture from Vice.com as they tried to demagogue guns. It's so amazing. So, hey, while we're on the topic of living in reality, uh, I, I, I just got an email. I forgot that we have a little bit of money uh, with Fidelity. And it's, it's a college fund thing. And it's now it's convenient for it to be there. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually have to put more money in it because our daughter may well be going to college. And incidentally, people are saying, don't, don't say where she's going to go. Don't worry, I'm not going to. And so I look at this email and it's very happy email. It's all dead. Things are great. Great opportunities, and I'm, 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 I'm reading this, and so I decided to go back and look at any communications I got from Fidelity. You know what I've never once heard? I, I've never once, they didn't have anything in, in Fidelity about the, the Treasury illegally purchasing corporate bonds with our money and with fake digits. It wasn't there. <laughs> they didn't have anything about the people who run Joe Biden raiding what used to be strategic oil reserves. Nothing. They, they, <laughs> they don't have anything in here about the food crises and Gates and the Chinese Communist Party partnering up to own farmlands. None of it. How can you advise people when you don't afford them that knowledge? See, this is yet another reason why I choose Bulwark Capital Management and my brother, Zach Abraham, because of what they do. That is, part of it is truth-telling. The other is stewarding our money and stewarding it in such a way that it is, well, not just scalable and, and reproducible, but it's also the way I think God would have us do it. If you are 
even 15 years from retirement or 10 or five, you're in a danger zone. And I invite you to go to Bulwark Capital Management. They're at knowyourriskradio.com. That's knowyourriskradio.com. Or you can call them and see if your portfolio is set up for this chaos economy. They're at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and an SEC registered investment advisor. So vice.com was demagoguing guns. And, <laughs> and there's this picture and we're to believe that this is a bullet hole in a wall and it says a high caliber bullet poked at one of the gates outside Ovidid Guzman's house in Jesus Maria, Sinola. And then the photos courtesy of Jose Bentanzos, Vice World News. Um, you know what? Want to know what's poking out? Did you already guess? It's an entire cartridge. <laughs> an unfired round. It's it, sticking out of the wall. It, it, someone just took an unfired round and put it in a hole and said, oh, look, what, what, it almost hit us. On purpose. A scare pick. The FBI official, this is, this is also, in my judgment, on purpose. The FBI official who helped launch the Crossfire Hurricane investigation has been arrested for a whole bunch of charges in relationship to his relationship with Russia. So this guy gets popped. His name is Charles McConaughey, former FBI section chief. And he got he was involved in the decision to launch Crossfire Hurricane, which was the attempt, initial attempt, to frame uh, Donald Trump. And this is from the Federalist. Monday morning, breaking news that the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York unsealed a five-count indictment um, that charged Charles McConaughey and Sergei Shetakov with violating International Emergency Economic Powers Act, or IEPA, with conspiring to, 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 ready, launder money. Wait, I thought that was done through Ukraine. And there's an entire series of charges against this guy, and he is in a lot of trouble. Again, the Federalists, if the indictment is not enough, uh, an hour later, the Department of Justice released a second press release announcing the unsealing of a second indictment in the District of Columbia. Columbia, this indictment charged McConaughey with making multiple false statements, concealing material facts, and falsifying records or documents. Nine counts in total. Why are they taking this guy down? Maybe there's just suddenly been a reawakening of law enforcement and everybody needs to be held under the same laws, right? Maybe that's it. Maybe it's so obvious. Maybe someone had the story. Why would the media report it? They haven't reported any of the crimes of the people who helped to frame Trump. Why? Maybe because they didn't get the job done? Maybe because Crossfire Hurricane failed? Maybe because they don't want them to be credible if they're called to testify. Maybe because some of the documents they know that Trump had indicated guys like this were a problem. 
See, this is the this is the challenge for these guys. When on one hand they are attempting to destroy our cities, they're attempting to divide Americans. They are obvious political players attempting to destroy President Trump and to make sure that nothing related to constitutional populism ever makes it into the White House. And when they pull something like this, is you can't even look at something that looks like decent work and consider it decent work. You have to look at the other sides, and here's why. And maybe this is just another way for them to say, oh, no, 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 we're, we're, we're completely balanced. This is from Julie Kelly. The Oath Keepers have been found, some more Oath Keepers, have been found guilty of seditious conspiracy. And they may well face 20 years in prison. Now, these are not the two guys we've talked about before who did no violence, who, who in fact helped cops. They're facing 86 years because they were senior members of the Oath Keepers, in my opinion. And these guys, seditious conspiracy has been used almost never. And the trial was held in Washington, D.C., meaning that everybody on the jury benefits from big government. Everybody on the jury, they are nine-tenths, 90% likely to be voters for the figurehead. They are 90% likely to hate Donald Trump because of the things Trump says about, uh, about the country and about them. And they're still not done. I told you earlier this week, they just arrested three active duty Marines for walking within the velvet ropes. The unpurposed part of this is very, very clear. Anything that disrupts the party's narrative, anything that disrupts the party's power, we're going to treat with in brutal fashion. We will take your homes, we will take your businesses, we'll take your freedom, we'll put you through a process you can't afford. If you choose to defend yourself in any way, we're going to financially drain you of anything you ever had and anything you can ever earn. You will plead guilty, you will rot, you will sit in prison. Meanwhile, there's Atlanta. Meanwhile, there's Atlanta. And Julie Kelly points this out. The very, this is her writing, the very objective, not at all partisan DOJ wants 7.5 years in prison for this guy named Julian Catter, the man accused of spraying Brian Sidnick on Jan 6. He pleaded guilty after spending 18 months in the D.C. gulag and was denied bail. So here's the problem. Um, He didn't spray Brian Sidnick. The video evidence indicates something quite different. I don't know who sprayed Brian Sidnick. His colleagues. This was friendly fire. Incidentally, Sidnick died two days later of two blood clot-induced strokes. Gosh, if only there was a clue as to what would give a young, pretty in-shape guy like Brian Sidnick blood clots. What could that be? Alas, it remains... A stupefying medical mystery. The video evidence is that Sidnick's colleagues were dousing the crowd in gas. People who were simply praying. People who were not a threat to the Capitol. People not attempting to enter it. There's also this. The... Department of Justice would like us to believe 
there were no cameras outside the Capitol. No security cameras. Not one. Not. Because the footage that we do have shows a lot of people who are being pushed into the building. There are people who testified that, hey, there was no way I could have turned around and walked through that crowd. And if I tried to stop, I'd get run over and trampled. And there were people trampled. Well, and of course, there was then people who got trampled and beaten to death by DC cops. The purposeful part, there were cameras outside the Capitol. That entire complex is under film. Uh, hopefully, Kevin McCarthy will allow Jim Jordan to actually release the 10,000 hours of video footage. Although the DOJ has already said, we're not giving it to you. We're not giving you anything on purpose. So it's easily believable when you listen to this guy named Bigo Barnett and what he says about getting a fair trial in the separate country of Washington, D.C., what did you mean by they're not your peers? They look like American citizens who went to so, jury duty and got called? So let, let, let me answer that question. Uh, that's that's a very lawyer. simple uh, discussion. Washington, D.C., number one, it's not a state. Number two, um, he's not surrounded by a jury of his peers, a jury of people from Arkansas, a place where he came from, or a jury that has a political composition uh, of anything that's like the rest of the United States. Washington, D.C. is something like 95, 96% Biden voters, right? So that we believe that that plays a crucial role in the political factors that are uh, ever present in these cases. We argued uh, the need to change juries, uh, to change venue uh, extensively in, the, in this case, uh, other cases as well. And uh, everybody who's a January 6th that has been accused of a crime is looking to have their case heard somewhere else. So that's his attorney, Joe McBride, and, and he's right. And, of course, he stepped in to respond for this guy because he doesn't need more legal problems. Meanwhile, there is Atlanta. And Julie Kelly points something else out about Atlanta. And the post-millennial points something out very, very important about Atlanta. So as we continue to talk about purposeful, the message to anyone who would ever challenge the party in Washington, D.C. from a, a, either a, a constitutionally populist perspective or just pure populism. Me, I am a Christian first, a constitutionalist second, and I believe in we got that we have to have constitutional populism because we're the only ones who want to go back to the Constitution. The purposeful part is showing us here's what we'll do to you. There's something else. And it has to do with, you know, that change of venue they were talking about. It's interesting, the change of venue involved in the Antifa members who were arrested in Atlanta. They changed their own venue. And this immediately makes it a federal crime because they changed their own venue. I'll explain that in just a second. You know, for many, many years, um, for Valentine's Day, I, I, I've done something, I think, I think really, you know, very touching for my wife. And, and, and I think she would agree is, is I uh, often I, I will give her a, a new firearm and, uh, and rounds. And those are hard to come by. 
And often there's a lot of tears and thank yous. And this is a special thing. This year I decided to take the ammunition and rounds and put them into a beautiful bathrobe from MyPillow.com. Now, I think I could probably fit a long gun in one of these, one of these bathrobes because they are large and they are luxurious and they are comfortable and they come in a variety of colors. It's, it's very similar to how I describe the MyPillow towels and their, their softness and absorption and, and how they remain soft and absorptive. Now, I don't think I want to describe a bathrobe as being you know, an abs- able to absorb this or that. It could, but it's the padding. It's the softness. It's the ability to cuddle up on it. Um, I am also, I think I'm going to get her a throw blanket because she likes to be warm. And in that way, I could wrap up a couple of handguns in that. Now, for the ammo, I thought the perfect place to hide it would be in a pair of really, really comfortable um, slippers. She's got the um, she, she's got the slip-on style, and those are great. That's my favorite from my pillow. Uh, these have a uh, have a very, very they're machine washable. First of all, variety of colors, but they've got this super cool rubber sole for indoor and outdoor wear. Okay. I love that, but I think I'm going to get her the moccasin style and then just slip some, some rounds of ammo into that. Cause I don't know about you, where you live, uh, some ammo is hard to come by. So I'll put that in there. Now I can get, this is just me. Cause you know, me and Lundell, I can get 66% off up to 66% off this stuff because it's a Valentine's day sale, but that's me, you know, cause me and Mike. Now, honestly, you can get it too. Up to 66% off. And and just think of how romantic it's going to be when your wife gets her Valentine's gift and it's not something like flowers or a stinking diamond ring. It's ammo-laced bedwear. And truly, this is some of the most high-quality stuff I have. I love my MyPillow robe. And my slippers, oftentimes I'm wearing them when I do the show. Next time I'll tell you. It's MyPillow.com. Use promo code Todd. MyPillow.com. Promo code Todd. Ah, Mike is money back on that one. That was, that was, <laughs> it was inspired. I just don't know if everybody figures out which part of that I'm joking about. Which part. I'm not joking about the product. The product is so, so solid. Weird. The, um, you know, there was that racial justice thing. That mostly peaceful riot down Atlanta way. So the five Antifa, uh, no, six, is that right? Six Antifa members who were arrested down there. Uh, Number one, they're white. So I guess this is cultural appropriation. Number two, five of them are not from, uh, (laughs) they're not from Atlanta. Well, in fact, they're not from the suburbs of Atlanta. They're from not, they're not even from Georgia. They were bust in. Friend of mine who is uh, retired special forces snuck his way in. And this is one of the things he's really good at. Snuck his way into an Antifa planning group. And they're calling this the last-ditch battle. 
that there can be no bystanders. There can be no one who isn't there to commit acts of destruction because this is their last battle to save humanity. So that's what they were calling for. That's what they were planning. And there's the pictures down. These are in the show notes of these people. And you can go read about them and, and their criminal past. And Oh, look at this. Oh, my goodness. Madeline Fiola is from Spokane, Washington. How sad. Madeline Fiola from Spokane, Washington. Uh, Nadja Gajir from, oh, at least next door, Nashville, Tennessee. Ivan Ferguson from Nevada. Oh, look, someone from Georgia. Graham Everett from Decatur, Georgia. Francis Carroll from <laughs> Kenny Bunkport, Maine. Emily Murphy from Gross Island, Michigan. Man, that's a, isn't Gross Island a really nice place? Like Kitty Bunkport? Well, I mean, I want you to know that the, uh, the Department of Justice responded swiftly to this. And their response was immediate. And it was almost at breakneck speed. They responded by ignoring it. These people have not been charged with domestic terrorism. Their entire plan is to terrorize people to change votes. Their entire plan is to take down cities. Their entire plan is to start a war. Their entire plan is all about ruin and destruction and chaos and the same cultural revolution that is being pushed. Remember we talk about top down, bottom up, squeeze the middle. I didn't invent that and Glenn Beck didn't either. It's a description that the organizers themselves use people like Van Jones before he became a very respectable commentator on CNN, which, of course, is a very straight news network. In California, which is a city that, or probably a separate country that has been under purposeful ruin for maybe even longer than the separate country of Washington State, in fact, longer than the separate country of Washington State, there are, were two shootings by two elderly Asian men Deeply disappointing to the left because they wanted it to be white supremacy. But let's remind ourselves this. Asians are white adjacent. I'm surprised that they haven't announced this yet and reminded everybody that Asians are white adjacent. That these people could be self-hating white adjacent Asians who very much want to be white. So they're trying to break their way into white society by going out and murdering people. But one of the facts of life, which is sad, is that evil doesn't care what race you are. Satan doesn't care what race you are. Mental illness doesn't care what race you are. Just doesn't. But then again, that's trying to fit logic around this. And I just cautioned this. Let's not do that. These people are a product of trauma and abuse in separate countries of California. And there's a senator there, Senator Padilla, asked a question about having, doesn't, doesn't California have these strict gun laws? This is from MSNBC. Oh, incidentally, I want you to know this guy's very well-dressed, super buttoned up. He's got that pin on his lapel that shows he's a member of, of, uh, of the, the state house and his ties well done. His hair, his hair is absolutely, there's not a hair out of place. It's slicked back. And we do uh, take it as uh, a reminder of the urgency with which we need to strengthen our gun safety laws across the country. Uh, many of my colleagues have pointed out, you know, doesn't California have some of the strictest laws and protections of any state in the nation? That is true. 
and they have worked and it is helpful. <laughs> but when there's a patchwork of laws and protections to various degrees across states, then clearly there are vulnerabilities that can uh, impact any community in the country. And so for um, the uh, f- individuals in the community here in Monterey Park, throughout the region and throughout the country that are living in slightly more fear today because of what's been witnessed. Uh, this is a reminder that more needs to be done. It will come out, and it always does, that people knew this guy was falling apart. It will come out, and it always does, that he gave as many danger signs as he could, as many desperate pleas for help as he could. It will come out that those were ignored. It will come out that people knew about a deteriorating mental health situation. In all likelihood, it will come out that he was snacking on psychotropic um, antidepressants that weren't being well monitored, that he probably didn't need, and that were probably not helping the circumstance. Or, in a more likely scenario, he went cold turkey off of the, um, the psychotropics. All that will come out, but none of that will matter, and let's not try to make it matter. A guy like Padilla, who is simply in office to be in office... He's useful. I can't imagine he really understands the play that's afoot. This was shocking to some degree. It's not the pushback I would have liked to have seen, but this is Nora O'Donnell talking to the dictator of California. Oh, look at that. Wait a minute. Oh, look. Yeah, no, he's in Monterey too. Oh, Monterey. Have you been to Monterey? Unbelievably beautiful community. Uh, no, truly it is. And beautiful Monterey Day. Blue skies, it's shirt sleeve weather, I can tell because Gavin Newsom, he's got his shirt sleeves rolled up because he is getting to work, baby. He's on it. He's hands on. And his tie's beautiful. His hair slicked back too. Wait, look at that. Not a single hair on his head is out of place as he's talking with Nora O'Donnell. Well, one person who visited this community today was California Governor Gavin Newsom to offer his condolences to victims and their families. It's a disgrace. We found the governor here in Monterey Park, not far from the dance studio where at least 11 were killed. Nothing about this is surprising. Everything about this is infuriating. California has the strictest gun laws in the U.S. I mean, the, the Second Amendment is becoming a suicide pact. But there's many people in this country that support the Second I, Amendment I, I support, and, are, and are lawful gun owners. Yeah, I have great respect. I have no ideological opposition to someone reasonably and responsibly owning firearms and getting background checks and being trained. Authorities say the shooter used a modified pistol with a high-capacity magazine. But how did he get a gun that's illegal in the state of exactly. California? Exactly. We'll figure it out. That's going to happen. There's never gonna, you know, you got to enforce laws. Things fall through the cracks, but it doesn't mean you give up. The governor also emphasized the role of mental health in incidents like these. I'm really proud of the work we've done in this space, but we've had decades of neglect in this space. <laughs> but respectfully, I will submit that regardless um, of the challenges that relates to behavioral health, there's not a country in the world that doesn't experience behavioral health. Yeah, there are countries in the world that do not store people on the streets and allow them to continue to deteriorate and serve them up fentanyl, meth, and heroin, which create drug-induced psychoses. Most countries on earth don't do that, Gav. Most countries on earth have outlawed those drugs for a very good reason, and they actually enforce that for a very good reason. They do that because of the harm it can do to mental health. So, no, you don't get to respectfully suggest that. 
And you're very proud of, you're very proud. You're very proud. You're a proud man. Man, you're filled with pride. God abhors human pride. God abhors ruining on purpose his creation. God abhors treating the least of these as you do. And I'm sure that God will come and kick me straight in the face and say, please talk more about the logs in your own eyes. I, I, I want it. I want God to reveal that. There's this. How, how does it all... How does it all get to happen like this? I, I, I get it, Todd. It's on purpose. Got that. Agree. I think a lot of people agree. Um, how does it get to happen? How, how, how do smart people who aren't trying to ruin the country? Because, Todd, you're not saying that all smart. No. You're not saying that all Democrats. No. So how do they get away with it? It is because of bubble think. It is because we don't say enough that this is on purpose. It is because we do not say enough to people with truth wrapped in grace. You are supporting people who are destroying an entire series of generations. It is because we do not swiftly call out and laugh at. I know we're not supposed to mock, but laugh at statements like this. Jill Lepore is super important, you guys. Super important. She is the David Woods Kemper 41 professor of American history at Harvard University. She recently published an article in the New Yorker, and it's about police violence. And here is one of the claims she made that neither she nor her editors nor the fact checkers nor the final pass by the senior editor of The New Yorker. No one said, hey, hold it. Can we check on that real quick? I mean, the other day, I was talking to my friend who is, uh, I, I sometimes get to work out with, and, and well, he's my physical therapist, but a great guy. And I misquoted the world record squat. I have a friend of mine who held the world record squat for many, many years. I think six or eight years. Very nice man. Huge. Oh my gosh, he was huge. Still is, but back in the weightlifting days. And I think I said to Ben, oh, he squatted like 2,000 pounds. And Ben said, no, he didn't. It's no, 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 it's not even close. Now the world record squats like 1,200 pounds. He called me on it. I said, well, no. He goes, no, no, Todd, no, no. I said, okay, well, maybe I had it wrong. He fact-checked me on the spot. Now I was off by a little bit. You could say I was off by a lot. Listen to this. This is what Jill Lepore, who is very important, wrote, quote, two-thirds of Americans between the ages of 15 and 44 who were treated in emergency rooms suffered from injuries inflicted by police and security guards. Wait a minute. Two-thirds. Two-thirds of people 66% Sixty-six percent 
of people between the ages of 15 and 44 were there in an emergency room because of a cop or security guard. Not a car wreck. Not a bicycle accident. Not a flu. Not falling down. Not a sports injury. Because of a cop or a security guard. She wrote that and she believed that. And later the New Yorker disappeared that. They did, to their credit, point out that an earlier version of this article made a claim that we couldn't support about the number of people in uh, emergency rooms. But no one at any time was like my friend Ben going, what are you, old man, what are you talking about? 2,000 pound squat. Are you high? Your brain damaged? You got the Biden? What are you, uh, turning into a transformer? It's spiritual blindness again. It's also this. Oh, and this is so tricky. People don't want to believe they're the bad guys. They don't want to believe they're on the side of the bad guys. They don't want to believe that their ideology is bad. It's just like people don't want to believe in the devil. Crazy thing about American Christians, did you know this? Very unpopular to believe in the devil. Oh, sure, I believe in the Lord Jesus. I even read the Bible. (laughs) But the devil? Come on. There's no devil. I don't know if it's a great movie. I haven't seen it in years, but it's got a great line. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. The greatest trick that the party is pulling is convincing the world that, oh, we're just really struggling to figure this out. We're just well-intended, and, and, and Republicans that play along, uh, my friends across, ah, oh, just uh, misled, uh, a strong American misled, and I love Joe, I love Joe Biden, uh, good president. Right. Thank you, God, for clarity and order and a book to live by in your word. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and be thankful to God that he is a God of order. And that feeling you've had in your gut, yeah, It's because God raised us, created us rather, to live in perfection. That's why we can sense that we're so far off. The Supreme Court rejects 14th Amendment arguments for kicking Trump off the ballot. The Biden administration admits secretly flying 320,000 illegals into the country last year. And some unhinged never-Trumpers want to ruin the lives of people seeking a no-labels third-party candidate. I'm Greg Columbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day, and hopefully a lot of laughs too. Follow the Three Martini Lunch on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why are so few singers protesting Hamas? Five for Fighting's John Andrasik has an answer. Talk to some managers and folks, and, and I have, and you know, there's certain iconic artists that in other times would be writing these songs. I'm like, where are they? And they'd say, well, you know, they're scared. They're scared for their families. They're scared that their concerts will be protested. But those are the same arguments people used in 1938. Hear more on the Hollywood in Toto podcast, The Right Take on Entertainment. Find it on iTunes or your favorite audio platform.